Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about There's No Place Like Home. Uh, Obviously, a Wizard of Oz reference. It is the 10th episode of the 10th season. Uh, written by Robbie Thompson. This episode was directed by the venerable uh, directing legend, I guess, of Supernatural, Phil Sagrisha. Um, the return of Charlie, played by Felicia Day, who we've had on the podcast uh, several times, I think at least two or three now. Um, she's always a great guest on our podcast. Charlie... Um, I like Charlie. I, I I did not until this episode have the same issues with Charlie that I know some people do that she's Charlie Sue, which is a reference to Mary Sue, which in fanfic or movie or TV is um, a completely perfect character in every possible way. And they're usually standing in for the writer. Um, I didn't think that about her. I've always enjoyed her episode, but uh Tonight, I, in this particular episode, I should say, I, I did see a little too much of that for me. And if I'm noticing it, it's there. <laughs> um, the big thing I did like about this episode is that I, and we talked about this last week where it was a problem. There were too many big storylines between, you know, Cass and Claire, Crowley and his mother, uh, Sam and Dean, blah, blah, blah. This was a lot of Sam and Dean with just one story of the Slit Charlies. So yes. Yeah, it's like that 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 part of it I I liked. And there was a lot of brother stuff in this that I I really liked. Um and there were some funny moments. Um uh, Dean and Sam doing their research at the beginning and Dean's decided uh, somehow that him living a clean life would help him cope with the mark of Cain, which I don't see how they relate, how, you know, green drinks and white egg, egg white omelets are going to help against, you know, the sign of the first murderer for, you know, a couple of thousand years or many thousands of years, but okay, it's worth a try. Gave Dean something to do. And it was funny. So I eat egg white omelets every morning. <laughs> so I, what they are. I'm with Sam. Oh, this is delicious, which I thought was funny because Sam goes, this is delicious. And Dean's like, this is crap. (laughs) But why did he throw the plate down at Sam? He just kind of cooked for him. Then he just kind of went slam. I don't know if it was like, I'm just don't want to do this. I'm tired of cooking. What did that? I thought it was like, you know, I'm doing this because I want, you know, I got to do something, not finding any other way. So this is something, but then he's like, tastes like, oh, this is crap. I want my good, I want my old junk food back, you know. So, yeah, but I just wondered, like, why did he slam Sam's dish down? It's like not Sam's fault. He doesn't want to. Why is He's like, here, you like it, you eat it. Well, and yeah, I think because I we've established I that we've established that Dean like not only likes to cook, but we've also established that he's good at it. So I know that, mm-hmm. like, for me. Like, whenever I'm on a diet or something, even if what I make is good, I'm irritated. Mm-hmm. 
because it's I'd I'd rather I'd rather have baked a cake and eat a cake. I'd rather have made macaroni and cheese and eat my macaroni and cheese. And if I'm making, and I like healthy food, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I make damn good salads. And but it's like when I do when I'm watching my carbs and things like that, and I have to make, you know, fake spaghetti with zucchini. It tastes fine, but I'm still irritated. Um, that must be it. Dean's just irritated that he that he makes uh, an actual said, healthy breakfast. Yeah, that said, I think the whole trope of him eating healthy was, as someone who has weight issues and eating disorder issues and things like that, and as someone who has had people in her life deal with substance abuse issues, I'm so irritated by the by the clean living idea no and to show me that he to to imply that he's shaking because you tell me you need to make you need to make it clear that he's shaking because he's an alcoholic he's not shaking because the mark of cain dean is a functional alcoholic he always has been and i thought he was shaking because he hadn't killed anybody in a while either that's what i thought as well looking at the booze and then the booze moves and he's looking in a mirror. Ugh. And the whole but he was, his hands were shaking more than more than over booze. I thought yeah, more than when one. He than, up the, and when it's he been more than the bunker episode. that was over the top. Yeah, when he picked well, up the I knife thought, in the bunker, it was over the top shaking. And I'm confused by the. Are you really telling me that Dean has been sleeping eight hours a night, eating healthy, and not drinking for a week, and Sam just noticed? Just noticed because Dean made an omelet. Really? No. I had a lot of little plot holes. I didn't get that this episode. He I didn't. Said it. I didn't. I didn't hear. I didn't hear that. I didn't notice that part. So he said he hadn't had a drink in a week. Yeah, I but I didn't get the part where that Sam didn't notice that. I didn't. I didn't get the part where Sam didn't hadn't had said he hadn't noticed it. I missed that part. The, the implication was that Dean was just barely telling him. He was now informing him that these were the decisions he'd made. And on top of that, if this was a decision you made a week ago, why hadn't you told Sam? And why after a week did you suddenly think that maybe Sam had stumbled upon something and now you're going to have a research party? Well, it's the same it's the same reason why they um people will on T V shows that they will drive like a whole big way, you know, even though but they we don't see the driving scene. So we don't see the talking yet. When they get to the place, they have this big long conversation that they would have had in the car, in the in the six hour trip that they had. It's because we but didn't in this, see it. in this case, it, it really would have made more sense for it to have been this this thing that Dean was suddenly trying and telling Sam at the time. Not a whole. You've been doing this for a week. You didn't notice, so now I'm telling you. I I honestly I I watched the episode like four times today. And I honestly miss that every time. I never caught that implication. Yeah, I didn't think twice about him not telling him because it's like sometimes you decide to do something and you don't tell because you don't know if you can do it. And you don't want you don't want someone watching you. You don't want someone commenting on it. So you do it for a week. You know, I mean, I know Sam is supposed to be like, you know, but, but we've assessed Sam isn't staring at Dean 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which he maybe just didn't, but he's not. <laughs> so well, that would again, be why it's, and it's also that, he's in the 
bunker. Maybe feels like he's safe at home. I don't know. Not a not the best thing, but it is what it is. And it didn't. I I don't know. I didn't. It didn't bother me that he that didn't notice or had to. And we don't know that Sam didn't notice because Sam didn't say or did he say? Because I don't remember him. He well the the way Dean states it and Sam like Sam is just like oh you slept late today today I don't know I really obviously I thought he said I severely severely disliked this episode he said he he slept surprised to me yeah he said oh you slept until seven it sounded he didn't sound surprised to me he just was like saying you slept until seven he's like he is to me sounded like he was kind of noticing things but not saying anything so yeah, I, guess, I, I mean, it's interpretation. That. That's interpretation because maybe I'm right, maybe you're right. I the way I interpreted it is was, oh, we're gonna write Sam as being dumb again. Awesome. Well, I'll, I I because he's been dumb was for the past absolutely dumbing down of Dean and a couple other places in this episode. I don't think that was one of them, but there was there was dumb Dean elsewhere, which which really. There was dumb Dean and there was dumb Sam, and every time they write Charlie into an episode, I shouldn't say they because Robbie is the only person who writes Charlie, in order to make Charlie the Charlie Sue, he makes Sam and Dean unbearably dude bro dumb. And these are, like we've discussed before, these are two characters that have been established as geniuses in canon. And the minute Charlie shows up, they're like, we're stupid. Please help us, Charlie. Well, this, so how do you want to survive with episode this episode? Is the first one where it's I never got that. There. I mean, I I have not gotten anything along those lines really, and before this episode, this episode, and I will I say that part of problems, yeah. but not before part of me this. saying it. Part of me saying is something that I felt, and Robbie pretty much said it after her episode last season. He roundabout said it on Twitter that when Charlie is in an episode, he feels the episode should be about Charlie's strengths. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think the show should be about a secondary tertiary. I don't even list Charlie as a tertiary character. She is, I don't even know, what do you consider something that's like fifth? I don't Quintessary? Quintessary? Sure. She's a quintessary character. And I don't see the importance of her, that she should be elevated to the degree that she's been elevated within the show and within the show's marketing. I find it very disrespectful of other female characters that we've had in the past that I think were better female characters, stronger female characters. And I'm trying to be very delicate, so I'll say better, better portrayed female characters. I like Charlie. I like Felicia Day. I, with the, with, with, except for the first episode, which I liked the first episode she was in, but to this day it still does not feel like it was a supernatural episode. Um, I really, this is probably my favorite episode that she was in. Um, after, well, I would put LARP and the Real Girl first, and then this episode. I completely love this episode. The only problem that I had with the Charlie character in this episode was I just don't think Felicia Day can play a bad guy. And that was the only problem really I had. I didn't think her 
bad, and, and mm-hmm. the problem is because well, Felicia Day's never really played a bad guy. You know, she's always this sweet, sweet girl. <laughs> well, and as we and with herself, before, basically. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny before that Felicia Day, star, you guys. You guys, I'm going to interrupt just just very, very briefly for some blog talk radio stuff. We have, we have a caller holding, but I, I'm not sure we're quite ready to get to uh, the caller. I hate to have them hold, or if you f- feel like holding a caller, that's okay. But I just I just want you to know I, I see you and I appreciate you calling in, but maybe we're not quite ready for it, or do you want to put them on and go for it? Let me finish... Uh, let me finish yeah, my yeah, line. Sure. Okay. We can take as long as take as long as as we want. And maybe caller, if you don't mind hanging on, we're just gonna. There's a there's a lot for us, I think, to get out. <laughs> Becky, <laughs> Vinny, and I before we get to callers, and we appreciate you. Don't want to ignore. If you want to hang up and call back, I I I see you, and I would definitely put you on first. But it's up to you. You can hang on. The I, the with Dark Charlie, I just thought she. You know, we're just no. She she just can't play a bad guy, and especially there was one line that she said that made me cringe every single time, and, and it was just the way she said it. It was when she's sitting at in the bar with Dean, and she says Charlie, like that, Charlie, and I'm like, oh no, 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 you're just no, <laughs> that's just bad line reading, no. And but you know that was, there was a great line reading by her that I adore when she looks at the bartender and she goes delicious. Yes, and that was good. I, 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 I like. I didn't one. like that at all. Oh, <laughs> that, I just love. I thought it was terrific. But anyway, but I, I other than like that, that, I thought she. I thought she did a, a great job. I just. I. I don't just think she can play a bad guy and it's probably that's a credit to her because she's just too good of a person to play a bad guy maybe i don't know well and you know before we before we take our caller i want to say i've said this before i think on the podcast and i know becky and i have said this just in personal conversations and i i'm sure i've said it to susan as well because i'm not shy about how much i dislike charlie as a character but i do really love felicia day as a person that said Mm -hmm. Um, I do feel like for the most part throughout her career, Felicia Day has pretty much played Felicia Day in everything. And so I agree. She was not, she's not an actress or or even the character herself that lends to a dark alter ego persona, especially when the storyline revolves around the fact that it was to me it was sloppy storytelling because the reality is there was no dark charlie it's all charlie but in order to portray that good charlie air quote was really just charlie the charlie we've always seen there wasn't too much of a differential so it was felicia day playing felicia day playing dark charlie and i'm not sure if i'm even explaining that right or cosplaying would maybe be a better term, cosplaying Dark Charlie. That um, mm. I just didn't, I didn't buy it in any way, shape, or form, and I was just wholeheartedly disappointed in this in this episode. Really, can really I just read you something? 
Mm-hmm. Can I just read you something from my notes? I was watching this episode again right before the, the podcast. I was making some notes at work. And, and side note, if anyone ever, like, takes my notebooks from my desk at work and, <laughs> and flips through, I'm I'm on my way to prison because there's notes about <laughs> killing and murder and weapons. And, oh, my God, in here. But anyway, um, my line is, it's exactly what I wrote. Dark Charlie plus leather pants equals still not angelus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, side note, if anyone ever takes my blog talk radio notebook, good luck because it's basically just envelopes scattered around my room. So. <laughs> good luck. This is my out. work notebook. <laughs> this is my work notebook. It's otherwise filled with stuff about, you know, artwork and paintings and lectures and artists and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you'll come to a place you know, where it says things like, you know, angry bean equals hot bean, you know, <laughs> you know, <sighs> by dark Charlie. Like, what? what? No. You know, there's, there's notes like that. And we'll be like, what the hell? So, anyway. So but there we so go. Like like now you know that we do take notes prior to getting on this podcast. We do take notes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, you know, we take take this pretty seriously <laughs> and uh, do do some work. It's not like we watched the episode once, you know, on, on Tuesday nights or anything. I mean, uh, yeah, I, um, I watch it myself. I try to get my own opinions, but I do read other opinions. I read reviews. I, and I, the only thing I, I try any reviews until we've done the podcast. Oh, um, I do opposite. The one thing, the one thing I do not do is I try not to look at what you but Becky and Vinny think because I would rather hear it and for the first time on the podcast. Like I want that like a fresh reaction. So I, 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 I try not to look at that too much or find out. I don't ask or anything. I like finding out as a surprise. Unlike me and Vinny who just had a big 45 minute com- uh, argument about the, uh, the podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, which culminated in, it basically agree to disagree. <laughs> you're wrong and you're wrong. <laughs> um, which oh, again, you know, like we've said before, um, we are three personalities and three different, we come from three different walks of life and three different backgrounds. So we interpret things differently. And, you know, nine times out of 10, we agree. And then there's that one time where we're going, no, no, you're so wrong. What are you watching? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what show you're watching, but But it's not my show. Um, And again, (laughs) I've, I've never met Felicia Day. But she seems like a, a a great person, and you know you always hear fantastic things about her. I just I don't think that this was the script for her. Mm-hmm. Charlie is definitely the role for her, but this was not the script for her. Mhm. I have a question about Charlie. Charlie, the character from all her okay. episodes. How well does she know the Winchesters? How well does she know? what they've been through. Dean, Sam, she, the book, uh, she knows what's in the books, but we know the books aren't exactly the most accurate things. Okay. So she knows about Sam Sam going to hell and Dean going to hell and the deals no, and she all that. knows up to she knows up to Swan Song. theoretically Swan Song because the implication is that Swan Song was published online. Well she and um I can't remember 
the Dorothy episode when um, when she came back and they mentioned the books again. Um, she said they were mm-hmm. online now. Um, you know, there's those um, bootleg copies, which are the later episodes, you know, that they mentioned in the 200th episode and things. Um, yeah, that's had just Robbie those. Thompson not, not uh, wanting to be canon compliant for Charlie's sake. Sorry, I don't so, even uh, care. Uh, if that's a terrible so thing want, for me to say, I don't care. So Charlie may have read some of those. I don't know. But we know for a fact she's read up to Swan Song. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, But she, she's got a pretty a pretty decent idea of, of what Sam and Dean are like and what they've been through. Right, and yeah. and we know that some, there's, there's the, the big points of the books are probably relatively accurate. Right. So that said... She makes some comments to Sam that I'm like, do you, do you I wanted, if it was a fan, I would say, did you watch the show? That would be my the good guy Have you ever seen this show? Yes, just because she says to Sam. Yeah, that All drove me nuts. Pose, no bite, and I'm like, have you seen the show? That <laughs> drove me nuts because theoretically she should know, as we discussed last episode, she should mm-hmm. know about Sam, you know, killing the nurse. She yes. should know about Sam going dark side. She should know all of that. Yes. And, the, and theoretically, she would know because it was written in a narrative form by Chuck. Mm-hmm. And we assume because he's, you know, God, that it was written in an omniscient tone. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. ergo, you get Sam's thoughts and Sam's feelings. So, yeah, I really You're funny. You're funny. Sam's thoughts and feelings? Nobody needs to know that. Okay, I was being Because I almost said that, actually. (laughs) But, um, no, again, you know, theoretically, theoretically, written from an omniscient point of view, you should at least have Sam's outward you know, surface thoughts. So, yeah, the the whole good guy, albatross holding you back, it was really bad writing and not canon compliant in term, in my opinion. And if I... The other part of here, that... Here's one of the things I have an issue with, and I think we've discussed this as well, is when you have a fan base like Supernatural, your writer's assistant better be on point because that's your job as a writer to catch canon-compliant issues. That's one of your jobs. And when you have a show that's 10 years old and has a fan base like Supernatural has, that you have people who are doing this for free, the person you're paying better be on the ball, and I don't feel like they are. I'm, I'm sorry. I know he's on Twitter, and I'm not saying his name because I'm trying to be nice, but dude, dude. Dude. And I'll say it again, they have like the best research assistant in the world with the supernatural fandom. It's like got a question, mm-hmm. tweet it. There'll be there'll be fifty right answers in two seconds. Right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and, and we live and, for that stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and we do it for fun. And and we do it because we love it. It'll be there. <laughs> and there's you know, I you know, to beat a dead horse, Google is your friend. So I had a lot of issues with that with that dialogue because it made no sense. Because Sam is not a wilting flower. Sam has done and felt 
really dark, horrible things. Yeah. His entire Maybe life. Charlie didn't believe what she was saying. Maybe it's just like I'm saying it to, to piss you off because she says similar stuff to Dean later on. Also, she should know that, that making a deal is a bad idea. Charlie, Charlie should know that. Before there was dark Charlie, we'll just we'll well, call her that. And again, it's, it's, it's the idea. She should have known deals are a bad idea. <laughs> it's the problematic, what I find to be the problematic theme in recent years of Supernatural is that everybody's a Winchester. And that's what it comes down to is, of course, Charlie made a bad choice and a bad decision because she's just like Sam and Dean. Isn't everybody family? Isn't everybody just like Sam and Dean? And no, they're actually quite unique and special. See, I actually don't think this episode is actually about Charlie at all. It was just another way to say, look at Dean, you know, it's another way to point out Dean, what he's going through, everything. Dark Charlie, good Charlie. That's what Dean's going through, you know. Demon mm-hmm. Dean, good Dean. And it, right. to me, this episode wasn't even actually about Charlie and her problems at all. It was all about compare. It was all about Dean's story and just pointing it all out again, which we already knew. But when it comes down to it, this episode was useless because it was just told us it was just reinforcing information that we already knew. And mm-hmm. I semi agree, but it, I, I agree in a disagree way, if that makes sense. I agree, and I think it was a way to force Charlie into it by making it also about Dean. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And again, unnecessary. It's It's just so Robbie can fit in his obligatory Charlie episode for the season, and I'm I'm over it. I love the Charlie episodes. I'm just, and I, like I said, I really like this one. I just think there would have been a better way to bring her back from Oz than making it about Dean's storyline. And yeah, I, you I, know, I'm I'm with you. I really liked I like Charlie. I like her episodes. Some I like better than others. I loved Larp and the Larp and the Real Girl. But uh, yeah, this one, oh, like you said, it, it would have been great or nice to have a Charlie episode, but you didn't have to make it about Dean, you know, the parallels to Dean, you know, I, yeah, we, we know that, <laughs> but okay. And and I think, you know, I, I, I know that I'm very much in the minority in terms of my dislike for Charlie as a character and it's nothing against Felicia Day because a character is not a person. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, and I, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, a, a commentary on how I feel about Felicia Day. I've been watching Felicia Day and things for 15 years. So it's not that. It's that I just don't feel like the character belongs in this world anymore. And when she went to Oz, I knew she'd come back, but I was really hoping she wouldn't. Um, mm. I There's a lot of things about the way they write the character that I just really don't like. Um I just, I, I have a lot of, I, I guess you would call them issues with the character. I really do. And I have a lot of issues. Really, it, it boils down to not the character. It's the way that Robbie writes the character and the way that I feel Robbie perceives fans of the show. And I think that it's problematic in a lot of ways. I just do. There were a whole I, lot of... I 
there was a lot of really great things in this episode, though. I mean, the visual mm-hmm. effects standing. I mean, there were so many good visual effects in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, it was great I directing angles, too. I love. And I have to say, the scene where um, Sam and Dean are at the guy's house, I can't remember his name, the first guy that Charlie tortured, and Sam and Dean at the house, and Dean gets oh, in the Paul guy that's in the chair's face. Yeah, that guy. And Dean and yeah. Dean's in his face. I swear, Jensen has never been prettier. Oh my God! Something about yes. that in that scene is like that the lighting, my the angry Dean equals hot Dean. Notes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was like <laughs> the lighting, the coloring, the blues, or something that was going on. It it was just mm. oh, he looks so good. And I will agree with that. The lighting episode was great because Jensen's eyes, aside from in person, have never been greener on the actual show. Yeah, they just popped in and and he's wearing a suit but that suit is just just straining at that at the seams you know and he's yeah. angry and he tips him back on the chair and I'm like that is that is really hot I also have to say hi Paul McGillian because he played Dr. Beckett on Atlantis and I really loved his character on Atlantis and he played a, a Scottish <laughs> doctor so and he was in he's in one of my favorite X-Files episodes too oh which one uh uh, 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 the one where um, uh, with uh, Edward Van Blunt and um, Mulder, and he takes um, and Mulder and him, he takes Mulder's shape, the shapeshifter guy, Edward Van Blunt. Oh, uh, small potatoes. Yes, right? small potatoes. I love uh, he was the, he was one of the he was one of the uh, dads of one of the uh, babies with a tail, and uh, oh. when. Mulder and Scully are chasing Eddie Van Blunt, and he um, changes into Paul, whatever, um, uh, and goes into his house to hide in his bathroom. And oh, while in the bathroom, he oh. changes back into Mulder. Oh, you know, I, I that's one of my all-time favorite X-Files episodes ever, ever, ever. I just adore it. Oh, I'll have to uh, I like look at it. And yeah, Eddie Van yeah, Blunt, yeah, I really like him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're just small potatoes. <laughs> um, and Vinny sitting there has no idea because she's never watched it. I was going to say, in which Vi- Becky and Susan learn how to shut Vinny up. Talk about... about, about <laughs> no idea what's going on. None. No clue. Unless you want to well, talk someday. about the episode with the, with the, with the lamprey thing. That's all I think. Slippy, the reason people left... The reason people refuse to go in porta potties for years. <laughs> yeah, I got, that's the only episode of X Files I ever recall watching. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one about vampires. There might have been. Was there ever one about vampires? Yes, but it's oh, horrible. Yeah. Please, I hope you didn't see that one. It was horrible. I think I did, but oh. I, I, I didn't care. But I, <laughs> obviously. What was it? Fre- fresh blood. Bad three. Blood. I oh, X Files episode three. was three. Three. But I oh that yeah that's that's blah but but the one with um the vampires in it wasn't it written by Vince Gilligan and it was fresh blood not fresh blood bad blood and Luke Wilson's in it as the oh, sheriff oh that one's good yes I, yes that yeah. one is good I forgot about that one I, that one's awesome I yes. adore that episode so so we that have bad, bad vampire episodes in okay the episodes. only epi- the only thing I know about the episode is that it had vampires that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so, hopefully it was bad. Were they really? 
stupid? <laughs> were they stupid no Twilight vampires, or were they really good vampires? You know, so they were vampiric. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That clears it up for me. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the right. title of knowledge. It was once a vampire, apparently three times, and lamprey people in the sewers. And nothing else. Yeah. You know, uh, since, uh, since there was a character called Mulder and a character called Scully. If Scully was in it, then it wasn't three because Scully's not in that episode. So. No, I know. No, I was. I meant in the general show. Okay. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it had to be three anyway. because if she saw Fluky, that was in second season, and C3 mm-hmm. is also in second season. Yeah. You are yeah, that makes words sense. that I don't understand. <laughs> That's okay. <Speak> English, Mick. <laughs> and all of our international listeners are probably lost. Yeah, anyone I, who's I listening speak, and gets the Speak English, Mick reference, you're my new best friend because I have an opening because <laughs> Becky's out. Um, because of this episode, I, Becky's out of the best friend uh, category, but if you get the Speak English, Mick reference, I'm taking best friend applications. So go ahead and write in and let me know. Thanks ever so Sorry, much. but, you know, I refuse to resign, so you're stuck. So sorry. She never lets me go. I break up with her all the time. That's so funny. Um, The amount of times that I break up with her is hilarious. Um, If you if the caller is still waiting, or if you want to call back, we will clearly take you. I don't know. They're probably asleep because we've been talking about the X Files. So. I don't know. Are hey, I stayed awake for it. If I can stay awake for X Files talk, anyone can. Well, <laughs> it's your job. <laughs> You're one of the podcast goers. You must stay awake for Becky and I's X Files tangent. So, um, <laughs> well, there. Um, well, do, do, shall we put the collar on? See, yes, poor collar. Yes, <laughs> yes uh, bless their soul. Or not? You you can't take a soul blessing away. It doesn't work that way, Susan. What? (laughs) Because you said God bless their soul, and you went, well, maybe not. Hello. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I thought they were gone. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. We can hear you. Thanks for calling. Okay. Well, um, yeah, no, I've been listening to you guys. I'm sorry, no, I wasn't asleep. <laughs> I was going through my email. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and thank you so to much for hanging on. Uh, that's, that's, that's fine. I, I was enjoying uh, listening to you guys. Um, you. I understand that one of you, this is my first time listening to the show, and I have to say it's, it's really good. I think, I, you know, I'm going to keep this up. Um, the you. the thing with uh, the, the character, uh, Charlie, um, I've never liked her. I always uh, found her pushy, annoying, and I don't even know why they brought her back. I have to say that my least favorite uh, show uh, ever is everyone that she's been in besides Bitten. And uh, this was She was, uh, she, I don't know why the writers give her so much power, but whenever she's in a, on one of the episodes, it seems like the guys are idiots. Sam has no balls, and Dean has lost some place. I mean, it's almost like, Everything that they have learned through their whole lives as being hunters goes out the window. 
And it yeah. I'm really thinking you should fill out an application to be Vinny's new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the best friend they can see. Thank you. Because I feel that I, say, I feel very alone in fandom and the way I feel about Charlie because most people really like the character. And I think a lot of people identify with the character. I don't identify with Charlie at all. I'm not good with computers. I'm not... I'm a different kind of geeky than she is. Um, we're just very different, and I think a lot of people identify with her and feel connected to her in a way, and that I don't. I don't. There's no connection for me through the character. Ergo, I don't have my bias isn't towards her. It's actually, I guess, against her. And I've always said, you know, on the podcast and in different fandoms that I've been in. I'm not Willow. I'm Cordelia. And so where when I was in Buffy fandom, everyone identified with Willow. I never did. I identified with Cordelia. And I said that on the podcast as well. And I think that's part of my issue with Charlie is Charlie and I will never get along. Charlie and I could not be friends. Well, it's it's not just – I know what you're saying, but my biggest problem is that I watched the show – to see the brothers' connection with each other, to see mm-hmm. them um, go through ups and downs, to see the relationship that they have with other people, but not to see a character that takes over the show. I don't watch mm-hmm. it. I you're don't talking watch. to the you're talking to the exact right people because that's exactly how all three of us feel. So you're good. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent agree with that. Uh, it, it's almost Definitely. like. Yeah, they they glorify her and the guys. I think I think the best episode, let's say the least favored one or liked that Charlie was in, I would have to say the one with the Renaissance because the guys were so involved, they were still in and you know in, in in power of the show. It wasn't about her; it was about them finding her, so forth and so on. I'm sure you guys have seen that episode more than once, like I have, but. The the other episodes, they make it about her, and now they're saying, some people are saying, you know, about her being like their little sister. Hell no. I don't see their connection mm-hmm. at all. She's like pushing herself into their lives in a way, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I thought maybe for, for a minute there that maybe uh, Jensen had directed the episode, and that's why he wasn't as involved in it, because he was doing everything. <laughs> I love you. I yeah. love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, let me tell you, yeah. I'm not alone in my family because I am 60 years old. And between me and my kids see the show, and also I have a granddaughter who sees the show. So there's three generations in my house, or you know, we talk or whatever mm-hmm. we can get together, and we watch the episodes. And all three of us agree. I mean, we've had so many discussions, mm-hmm. and, and this is our least favorite episode. And I think it's a, well, we've discussed others, but we're just in such agreement, and everything that we bring up a point, there's just nothing positive that we see about her being made such a big deal. The only thing my daughter said is that she appreciated the Oz thing being brought back because that's she loves that movie and she likes that that whole idea of of Oz, but mm-hmm. not. I mean, there's just something about her that rubs us all the wrong way. The show, we're not watching it to see Charlie or another character take over. We watch it because we want to see the Winchesters. We want to watch them mm-hmm. kick ass. We want to see them interact with each other. Um, mm. And if they bring in a character, 
and that's fine. You know, we want to see new people. I mean, we, you know, it's, it can get monotonous. You know, so it's always about the same thing. But I don't want to look like morons either. I mean, and and right. just to, yeah. to do that. That was an issue for me in this episode because I usually I don't have a problem with her. I I honestly don't see her as a little sister. I did not mind that they had another friend and resource in Charlie, but in this particular episode maybe splitting between the two Charlies that aren't really split. But, um, um, yes, it, it did bother me in this one. And um, since it usually doesn't, it had to be really blatant in this episode that it was the dumbing down of Sam and Dean in this episode to build up Charlie. And I really hate that. It's the reason I abhorred Bella, you know, way back in mm-hmm. season three. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I dislike that very I've much. Always, so, yes, in this episode, it that part of it did bother me. I found lots of other things to like about it, and I'll say up until this point, I I I like Charlie. My favorite episode is Warp with her as Warp and the Real Girl, but just when yeah, I had I had Charlie issues. <laughs> so yeah, um, it, it, it really. I, I hope, I actually, the best part of the episode for me, besides the beginning when the guy says uh, FBI agents, I mean, they're so hot, it's not funny. But, and I'm, you know, <laughs> it sounds weird coming from me because I'm, you know, Are I'm a lot older. But uh, the best part of the episode besides that was the end when she went up the stairs and left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this because and you mentioned that you, that you have three, that you mentioned you have three generations watching the show, and in my household it is two generations my mother and I watch, and my mother is... 62. She just turned 62. Um, mm. So, you know, she we watched the show together, and last episode, when they showed the preview for this episode, my mother, which I didn't realize she disliked Charlie, mm. I knew she didn't really care, but she went, ugh, they're bringing her back. Right. And she said, well, maybe that then, you know, the preview was Dean beating her up, and she said, well, maybe they'll kill her off. Oh, and my I God, her that's and what I, I was hoping. <laughs> Yeah, I turned to her and I said, Robbie loves her too much. She'll never die. And then while we were watching this episode, right before she pulled up in her yellow car, my mother said, if she says, hey, bitches, I'm going to be so annoyed. After she did that, she said, if she says later, bitches, I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> Arima Darcy bitches, which we know that according to Robbie Felicia ad-lib, so I'm guessing it really did say later bitches. Mm. My mother threw the remote. Wow. <laughs> she oh, does not watch this show intensely. She watches it. She's willing to talk to me about it. She's willing, but she doesn't overthink the show. She watches it very surface level. She hasn't expected much out of this show since season four. When an episode is really good, she is pleasantly surprised, but she does not expect much out of this show anymore. Yeah, I they don't have a negative reaction like that, though, ever. Apolog- nearly apolog- 10 apologies. years. If they don't get back to base, uh, what's going to happen is, even though they're already approved for season 11, that would probably be the, the last season if they don't bring some of the of what we fell in love with back. Uh, and I hate to say it because I it, I just love the show, um, but I don't know. The other thing I was going to say before Becky inevitably apologizes to my mother because I feel it coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's coming. 
when you said the elevation of Charlie, um, that's actually a huge issue I have, even in terms of, like I said, the marketing earlier, because um, I have the Supernatural Ouija and I was bleh, the Supernatural Clue, and the fact that it's Charlie as the sole female character and oh. the sole, uh, what I can, you know, other than that, it's the four, the, well, the five regular male characters we've had. We have Sam, Dean, Crowley, Cass, Bobby as the other characters. And then you can be Charlie. And the fact that of all the female characters, they chose Charlie, you have no right. idea the actual rage coma that I had because everybody knows if you listen to this and, you know, if you don't, hi. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Meg is my Meg is my number one character. Meg ranks love Meg above Sam and Dean. Yeah, she ranks above Sam and Dean for me. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, I love Meg. Actually, my daughter is uh, gonna cosplay. She I was so excited. I spoke to her earlier that she tie dyed the Meg shirt. She did too, and they both came out excellent. And she's going to be ordering her uh, the eyes. Uh, online, and then she says she has a jacket, everything of Meg, and her hair is very similar to Meg. So she'll be cosplaying Meg because she loves her, and you just, you know, you just killed me because I was going to order that game, and I'm not going to order it now. She's on it. How can they not put Meg in there when she's, there was like even like cast and everything. I mean, come on, I, that's just really, uh, even Ruby of all that is people. Odd. That's what I said, and especially given that you get to put the little card with the face in, the idea that they missed the opportunity to use either Ruby or Meg where you could flip the card and have it be two different actresses with either role, I, I don't understand. It's like the biggest missed opportunity I can even think of. It's enraging to me. And if I actually am going to be giving the game away to somebody, to a friend, because she just wants it because it's a clue, I'm giving her mine. I've played mine once to test it out, mm-hmm. and I'm done with it. So, um, I'm, I'm not even going to order it. I'm, I'm not ordering it now, and my daughter was going to get one as well because she's down in Pittsburgh. She's in college, and they do, like, a game um, club that they have, and she's dying to get it. And I don't think she's going to get it now either, knowing if Charlie is uh, the female. No, the U.S. Off, the well, US she's just one character the, in it. You know, there's plenty of other and Yeah, you don't, unless you're playing so with six characters, you don't have to be here. Enjoy we the played game. With four, yeah, we played with four people. It was me, two of my friends, and one of my friend's sons. None of us picked Charlie. Wow. I don't know. We, did, I, I we, don't, fought, don't. we fought over who was going to be Sam and Dean, Sam or Dean. <laughs> there, was a, there was a three-way fight for that. And uh, my friend's son was happily Crowley, and <laughs> another friend con- conceded and decided to be uh, Bobby. Nobody wanted to be Cass. Sorry, Cass. Uh, really? Uh, I am going to go to Comic-Con, and I'm going to be cosplaying as Cass. I have the trench coat and everything. That's all I needed, and I found it. I think it was more, because as we were talking about it, it was more that the the game didn't really fit Cass. It didn't fit Charlie or Cass. They were two characters that didn't quite fit in the game. It was really strange. It's really odd. But, um, yeah, and because, and two of them are the two people that I played with that are, you know, my age. Their Cass is one of their, like, my friend and I get into arguments because she thinks Cass is flawless, and I'm like, no, Cass is flawed. That's why he's a good character. She's like, no, he's perfect. I'm like, no, he's not. That's why he's a, a good character. Good characters have flaws. And she's like, no, Cass is perfect. 
fine. <laughs> so wow. we get into arguments about that, and even she didn't want to be cast. So, and it, 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 it's, it, part of it's the game. But like I said, nobody mm-hmm. wanted to be Charlie. Everyone was really shocked when I opened it, and Charlie was there. Uh, yeah. And my friend's son, who was 14 and does watch the show, went, who's that? He didn't even remember her. Wow. Is that an early version of the game, or is that is that the, the that's the one we were sent to test? But I do know that the real one so does still have Charlie. Have it as well. The one you buy okay. is still Charlie, but the test. The only differences I know versus the test and the real one, because my friend ended up getting the real one as a gift for Christmas, is mm-hmm. they fixed a few typos that were in some of the cards and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Caller, did you have a favorite part? Of, I'm sorry, Becky. No, I was going to say that that if they um if you know if they to interchangeable the the Charlie character, I I'm thinking of just uh, if I do get the game, I'm just going to cut out the photos of Meg. You can definitely do that. You well, you can sort of do it, even though the the papers do her name is listed on the papers. It's Charlie because the option is is that Charlie could be the killer depending on how the game goes. Right. She can be the killer, so she is listed on all the stuff, and yeah, you know, mm-hmm. me. Guys, I have loved this so much. I I, I really enjoy talking to someone also than uh, <laughs> my family about it. But um, <laughs> I, I just want to say actually that I got my, uh, and then I have to go because my phone's dying, and I don't want it to just die while I'm talking to you guys. Um, I got my first tattoo ever. Uh, back in November, and I got the uh, anti-demon, the same place the guys have it. So. Oh, cool! <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I did it as for the moment. I always wanted to do my life. I figured, you know what? I'm 60. If I don't do it now, when the heck am I going to do it? And I might as well do it on my chest, the same way the guys have it, and uh, and that's, that's, that's what I just wanted to share that with you guys. That's Great. pretty awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, and uh, keep it up. I look forward to uh, talking to you guys again. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Okay. Now, Vinny. Yes. What are you going to say about my mother? (laughs) Okay. Please apologize to your mom. Please apologize to your mom for me. But I have to say that if she had, if Charlie had not. Said, um, you know, something with bitches in it. In that episode, I'd been very disappointed because she's done it every single episode. So I'd have been disappointed if she hadn't said later bitches or whatever. Yeah, it's like whatever. Oh, and I and I say this because uh, there there's a twofold reason. There's one reason I don't like it, and there's a reason my mother doesn't like it, and they're not the same reason. My reason is I'm not a huge fan of overused catchphrases. Um, just like the bitch and jerk, I feel like it's used very sparingly and it's good. That keeps it from being trite and it keeps it from being lame. And Charlie's is it, it's it's becoming a caricature. It's becoming just it's it's rote. It's trite, and I that's my issue with it. My mother's issue is is my mother doesn't like the whole yo bitches kind of thing. She just doesn't, uh, yeah. she, does, she doesn't like she's it. She's a mom. No, it's not even because um, my mom. She, my mom's not a prude. She curses. She's the, 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 uh, she doesn't believe in the whole taking back bitches kind of thing. She just thinks it's you know. It's, you guys, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm like interrupting right and left, but y'all seen to Michael's tweet? Huh? 
Huh? No. Uh, Winchester Bros. Always enjoy your broadcast. Had a chance to listen to in some this evening from the set. Oh, yay! <laughs> Hi, Jim. Wow. Cool Thank thing. you, Jim. Hi, Jim. I thought I couldn't understand what you said at first, Susan, and I thought you said, "Have you listened to Michael Sweet?" And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> oh, hi, Jim. <laughs> And despite how I feel about the show, Jim, you know I love you. And that's that's uh, and he, I, and I he love just Jim tweeted how Yeah. I love he Jim Michael Desperately. He's one of my favorite people and he's yes. an absolute joy and a gem and I adore him. We love Jim. I love Jim. He's kinda of busy right now. Uh-huh. He's kinda of busy right now, but I hope sometime he has a chance to come back on our podcast he's been a guest. Yes, we fun. need him back on sometime. Definitely. Yes, he's one of our favorites. Yes, and he's been an unexpected guest uh, briefly. He's called in a couple yes. of times just for fun. He has. He's our, he's our surprise guest sometimes. But um, and that's you know I'm 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 being coy when I'm like sorry Jim because Jim knows that we have um, the opinions about the show and we've told him to his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, like yeah. well, I love this episode, you not so much. And I think that's what right. makes our podcast interesting is because mm-hmm. we all have different views, different opinions. And yep. I, I I think that makes us cool. So that's just my opinion. I think our differing opinions yeah. makes us cool. So And I think, well, I think yeah, because weird, as we said before, if we were always rah, rah, rah about the show, I think it'd be kind of weird. Because I don't think no people would believe us. No such thing, yeah, and there's no such thing as... I think our credibility would go... Um, no kidding. So we do talk about good things, um, and uh, maybe maybe this is a good time to talk about things that we that we enjoyed about this episode. Becky, you enjoyed a, a lot about it. There were definitely things I really enjoyed. I mean, I had some, like I said, finally, and I like Charlie all along. This is just the first episode where I've had um, um, a few issues. I did say, and I'll say it again. I loved that this episode had a lot of Sam and Dean. It was about the Mark of Cain storyline. It, you know, sometimes it was maybe a little bit obvious, but I that's that's kind of one of the big points of this season. And at least it was about at least it was about Sam and Dean. They didn't feel like extras on their own show, <laughs> or or just one little part of their show. It, it, when last week we talked about there was a lot of, you know, Crowley and Mom and Cass and Claire and blah, blah, blah. So actually that was another thing I did like about this episode. Um, Sam was on the phone with Cass a couple of times briefly, just checking in um, instead of him entirely being off somewhere else, dealing with Claire or whatever, at least he was still thinking about Dean and Kane. Um that makes me wonder, do angels have any inside information on Kane? Do they know how to deal real, with him? Real quick, Jim uh, Jim replied, polite differences of opinions are always welcome. That is what families do. And oh. Jim and Jim also said that he was on the phone with Bill Segrisha. So I told him to um, tell him that we said hi and we'd love to have him on the podcast sometime too. Yes. Oh. I don't think I could love Jim more. I love Jim. He's so awesome. I didn't realize I but could I love Jim more, but no, it's just get a new level of but love. But now I do. Yes, there's a whole more. I took it up. We took it up to 11 with Jim. Yes. Our love went to 11. Um, 
Uh, keep but, talking about what you like, Susan. I'll think of something. I, what? I, I, I can tell you some more things that I liked. I okay. like, you know, seeing, um, I liked having, you know, like we mentioned, one story through the whole episode. It was, you know, it was easier to, I don't know, it, was, it kept my focus better. It could be my ADHD or something, but with a whole bunch of different storylines going on, I kind of, sometimes, you know, I get, you know, my attention off. But this one, I liked it Mm -hmm. with with one story throughout. I love the visual effects. Oh, my God, they were so good in this episode. And Mm -hmm. I thought Jensen and Jared knocked it out of the park, of course, with their acting Mm -hmm. they always do. Um, Yeah. I I really liked... um, the guy who played um, the old the old guy who was the wizard, I thought he was mm-hmm. good, and and mm-hmm. I don't you know I took this as a personal shout out even though I know it wasn't because Robbie Thompson has no idea what my kids' names are, but um, the, the guy who was the um, old wizard he was going by the name Clyde Dillon. My younger son's name is Dylan, and um, that was his real name, but he was going by the name Michael Carter as his um, alias. My oldest son's first name is Michael. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, so, you know, personal shout out, which didn't actually wasn't a shout out, but I took it that way. And, and the, um, one thing I thought was cool, the guy, we found yeah. out Charlie's real name. I liked mm-hmm. that information. Celeste. Um, and this is after, that's Robbie Thompson's mother's name. Oh, is it? Right? That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, think so. And I thought this was a a really cool piece of casting. The guy that the actor that they cast to play the guy who killed Charlie's parents must be a douche because he was a drunk driver. Um, He was also the guy who played the douche author, um, college (laughs) professor slash author in um, Tall Tales back in second season Um, with um, Richard State's first appearance. You know, he he played that douchey professor author guy so i was like hey you, you know this guy's going to get a reputation as being the douche actor on supernatural you know? <laughs> <laughs> um and and yes jim i we i think we did realize that bob singer was the voice of the self-help tape which I thought was really cool and you can yes find his voice anywhere that is one thing. I, that is one thing I did like because I know I was like, wait a second, I know that voice, but it clicked. And I laughed for like forty-five seconds straight. Yeah, and what you have to, in order to quiet your mind, you have to mind your quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that was just a great poke. <laughs> Those kind of tapes, I I love that. <laughs> I liked that very much. Um, Oh, and I liked um, the name of the agents, Sam and Dean's agents. They were Gabriel and yes. Collins. And I love that. The really- Genesis is one of my favorite bands of all time. And I actually always argue with another friend of mine because she does not like Phil Collins. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't understand how you don't like Phil Collins. Like, it doesn't compute to me at all. And so well, I'm like, well, so, okay, but do you like him when he when it's Genesis when it's not just Phil Collins? And she's like, nope. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> the guy as a child, when I say child, I literally mean like nine, ten years old. I used to lay on my mother's waterbed because it was the late '80s, early '90s, and people had waterbeds, and it was still cool. 
I used to lay on my parents' waterbed and listen to Genesis albums because we did have a record player still uh, and read Stephen King books. So that's my childhood right there. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. that is the one, that is one thing I really liked. So yay, there, hey, I liked that. I liked that. My my and, first thought, um, I have to say, I didn't go to Genesis. I thought I thought Gabriel and Collins were the were angels, you know, between Gabriel and Misha Collins. And then I'm like, all oh, right, no. Genesis. And then someone else mentioned not just the band, but it's of course the book in the Bible. I don't. I, I don't, yeah. I automatically and anytime they do their names, I always think of rock bands, and sometimes I have to look it up yeah. because I don't know who the people in bands are necessarily because you tend you tend to always know who the lead singer is, and if and then depending on what your preference is in a band, like I tend to always know who mm-hmm. the bass player is because I like bass players. Um, but mm-hmm. if you're someone who's into lead guitar, you tend to know who the lead guitarist is, percussion, you tend to know who the drummer is, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I have to look it up. So when I don't have to look it up, I get super stoked, and I didn't have to look mm. it up. Cool. Becky, what were you going to say? Uh, Jim also reminded us that the last time um, Bob Singer was, he was the voice of uh, the talking cat in Hunter I Huelikai. And mm-hmm. so I always love when Bob Singer does voices. I believe he also um, was the voice, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was the one with the glampers. And the glam, uh, uh, the one with the oh, and Yes. Uh, um, how to win friends and influence monsters. Yes, he was the voice of the recording of the nature sounds that the glampers yes. use. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, he's got that radio voice, you know, really melodic. He does. You know, really beautiful. Love it. He would have made a great customer service agent. Oh, he really would have, yeah. <laughs> no one would be angry. They'd be like, yes, my warranty has expired. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, 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 I recognize that I, uh, this is, and the, the type of episode that I'm going to be, I guess, like I said, predisposed to to dislike, even though I don't aim to be pre- to dislike an episode, because why would I want to do that? I'm be awkward. But um, I knew going into it that I was not going to like it because it's one of my least favorite characters, despite the actress, and it's uh, unfortunately a, uh, written by someone, who, a, a writer who, while I like Bobby Thompson as a person, I've met him, I've had very long conversations with him, and I think he's a really nice guy. Um, and I think he's very smart. I think he's extremely smart. Um, his episodes always tend to fall short for me, um, especially over the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And so I actually try to go into his episodes with higher expectations than I want to have. And I, maybe that's my problem is that it's always going to let me down because I'm, I'm hoping for so much because I'm hoping that this is going to be the episode that I love. And it, it never is for me. And it's just his writing style doesn't mesh with the type of show that I watch and that I, that I, I gravitate towards. So it's not even that no matter what the show, I feel like I could spot a Robbie Thompson episode, even if he went to another show, I feel like I could spot a Robbie Thompson episode. 
there's just a certain style he has, and that it's it's not my preferred style in terms he's of... Written, mm-hmm. He's written a lot of episodes that I really love, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I know flash, he has. Flash Fiction, I love. Uh, Time After Time, another great one. Um, mm. Life and Ruggle, Bitten. Bitten is one of my all-time favorite episodes. I, I know it's not popular with a lot of fandom, but I loved Bitten. Um, Goodbye Stranger was great. Um, looking through his yeah. firstborn is one of my all-time favorites out of all ten years. Firstborn. Me too. I I love pretty much all his episodes and in many degrees of love for them. And again, we met Robbie, and he's just delightful. But this one, I say this one, you know, I have I have some issues with, but I really do like his throw out some more stuff that I just just loved about this episode. Yes, um, yes. We're in, yeah, uh, uh, Sam, Sam, Dean, and Good Charlie were in the bar, and Dean goes off to get um, refills. And Sam is talking to Charlie about trying to figure out what's happening next, and they need to look at the bank accounts. And he says to her, "How about your bank account?" She says, "I can't. I'm good." And he says, "How about you guide me, Ben? I'm the bad one." And his expression on his face and the tone that he uses, I loved it so much I, I went back and watched it several times because I just loved the way he said those lines and the expression on his face just kind of like you know I'll be the naughty one and you just tell me what to do <laughs> you know I just loved it that was just me <laughs> yep I agree with you I thought that was great too yes you know it's not a huge moment but I just I just thought it was fun and so a little bit lighthearted in a, you know, a moment that wasn't so lighthearted. <laughs> but I liked it. And speaking of Sam, I really need to have Sam grow his hair out. I, I'm not feeling the <laughs> Prince Valiant page boy. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> it, it, it is starting to grow out. And um, I really thought he looked, his hair looked really good. It's It's looking better than it did at the beginning of the season and yes this is very shallow of us to be talking about his hair but come on it's Jared's hair everybody talks about Jared's hair and let's do the Sam Winchester hair report exactly um <laughs> but there was a scene where he was running out after they had had the at the beginning when they had, had the first part in oh, Dark Charlie yes. and um uh, good Charlie had driven up and he's looking at his hair all wild and I was like yeah, that's good. That's good right there. I like that. <laughs> mm. And I always um, like to see Dean wearing see. that red shirt, the the sort of dark red. I, I'm not sure if it's like corduroy, but something similar. I love that shirt on him. It's beautiful. It looks more like a heavy chambray kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do want to go back and say I do like Slash Fiction a lot. That's an episode I really, really like. Um, I do more or less like time after time. Um, I like parts of Goodbye Stranger, and I like parts of First Blood. Yes, but I like Flash. Oh, Flash. Flash. What, uh, one thing that I like that I don't think we've ever seen on the episode before, correct me if I'm wrong, is Dean having his nose injured in a fight. I don't remember. I did. I did like that Dean had visible injuries uh, uh, Mm. after the fact. I liked that um, because we do. um, 
we do tend to joke about how they don't. And unless they're fighting a really big bad or each other, they tend to not have anything left over. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like that. And one of the things that Becky and I were discussing um, prior to this that she and I have very different opinions on is I don't think that Dean should have been the only one to apologize um, because, again, dark Charlie was still Charlie, and the implication is that it's the darkness within Charlie. So everything ugly that she said to Sam and Dean, every punch she threw, that was still Charlie. And so I don't think that that Dean should have been the only one to... Uh, to apologize, especially because if you if you're gonna blame the Mark of Cain, then you have to also blame Charlie's parallel to the Mark of Cain. And if that's part of Dean and that's part of Charlie, then it should have been a mutual apology. And again, it goes back to my whole: I don't like characters who can do no wrong. And the, my one of my problems with Charlie is that she's written in a way that. By the end of the episode, she can do no wrong. Even when she does wrong within the episode, it's all forgiven completely because she's Charlie. She never has to say, I messed up or I did wrong. It's always like, oh, well, she's Charlie, so she's adorable. Um, and I think that was, I think that was a really good opportunity to have a conversation about their mutual issues rather than it just be Dean's messed up. And I, you know, especially if they're going the route of Dean's going to have to control this and it's part of Dean. And if they're going that route, then it has to stop being the self-flagellation of Dean Winchester. Yeah. So to which he was said, I was wrong. <laughs> and then she said, uh, right. he beat her. He beat her up, and he almost killed her. And I said, and he it was it was because he did what he's been doing ever since he's had the market cane. He goes too far and, with the beating. And yet know. we just had in the, in the episode prior where he didn't go too far. He axed the bench and not the not the homicidal idiots. So I, I need consistency. And again, yes, he went too far, but so did Charlie. And so Charlie has Charlie walked away having killed people in Oz and on Earth. Both good Charlie and bad Charlie killed people in this episode. And the implication is she killed in Oz. And she walked away being the being the like 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 Dean says, practically sparkles. She walked away the victim and and the helpful assistant and I just it's problematic for me. Real quick, uh, Jim tweeted again. He said um, he has to run the set. They're having a, a great Friday here tonight as they are wrapping early and thanking us again for our support. Yay. Oh, thank, you. thank you for listening to us, Jim. And we're wrapping. You're going in and out on me, Vinny. I don't know if it's my phone or. Yeah. Yeah, or I, couldn't, I couldn't. Hear oh, it. I think my head. My phone was hanging off the edge, and I think my headset was falling off. Ah. Um, there you are. 
But yeah, that. Um, but again, that just that that goes back to my overall issue with with Charlie and you know back when I used to write recaps of the show when I had you know the ability to do so. Um, I always referred to her as Charlie Sue um, because my my recaps are in a sarcastic format, and I always referred to her as Charlie Sue. But that's mm-hmm. something that I do believe is that she's a Mary Sue, and it, and it's uh, it, it, that's just the type of characterization I've never been a fan of in anything. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have minded if if I honestly didn't think about it until you brought it up. I wouldn't have minded if she'd also said to Dean, you know, I'm 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 sorry on behalf of the the, <laughs> the part of me that beat of you myself. up as well. Yeah. But it, it you know, um, um, I wouldn't minded it. I didn't think about it. Um, I can, I can get it because, you know, Dean, Mr. Mr. Guilt, <laughs> and now he has even more after this episode, um, that didn't just probably wouldn't end up taking it from her, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have minded hearing her at least try to say, well, you know, sorry, sorry about that, you know, and that, that would have been nice, but I didn't think about it before. Um, and I didn't think about it the first time I watched it. I thought about it, I think it was the third time I was watching it, where I, mm-hmm. because I was looking for things to make notes about, and I was marking down where she says, she is me. Mm-hmm. And then as I kept watching the episode, I felt like they pulled away from that idea, except for the whole, if you punch her, you're punching me. But mm-hmm. as the episode progressed, Charlie was still just Charlie. And then it was also when I was watching, because I tend to watch, my third watching tends to be a little more pick apart, and I tend to watch for the vision, uh, more of a analytical kind of way. Like I, I tend to pick apart dialogue more, and I pick apart the VFX more. I pay attention to the VFX more. And um, in, instead of just going, ooh, pretty, I actually really like look at it, look at it. And it was the whole idea of, I think it would have made more sense had the two Charlies merged instead of having dark Charlie be, you know, placed into Charlie and then the dialogue of her saying, you know, she's quiet. How can she be quiet? She's you. And I think that was just a bit of a, of a, of a, of a storytelling misstep and a, and I, and an editing. I didn't bother me. And I, and I mean editing in terms of editing the script, not editing the episode, uh, like final cut, but I mean editing the script, is that I think there should have been more differential between the two Charlies in order I to... Took it, um, I took the thing where she was, we, she would call Dark Charlie she and her and all that. I took it as kind of like similar to on Angel, when Angel referred to Angelus as a separate person. The idea on Angel is Angelus and Angel were very different. And there was no third persona. So the idea in this is that Charlie, real Charlie, should have been a third persona. And then it was good and bad Charlie or good and dark Charlie. Because that's the way they set up the first the first scene with her and Sam and Dean talking about it, is that it was a split. And she even talks about how being the good one sucks. And, you know, she can't check out the bartender's ass, which I had a real problem with the implication of 
her finding attraction to somebody to be considered bad. I didn't like that um, because I don't think that a sexual desire should be coded as bad, um, especially when you have, and I'm going to get kind of, uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of this phrase, but I'm going to get a little social justice warrior, is especially when you have a character that you've coded as being LGBTQ and you have, you know, she is, and then to to tamp down her sexuality as a as the bad thing, and then have the dark Charlie be hypersexualized, um, I, 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 that made me quite uncomfortable as a woman. Um, I just didn't like it. That's just you know an opinion. But um, that said, I think it would have done them better to have kept good Charlie really, really good. Instead, as the episode went on, she was just Charlie. And I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I do agree with that. She was, mm-hmm. good Charlie was just basically Charlie. Mm. It was so I feel like she should not have shot Clive at the end, the Men of Letters. I, and the asked her to. I think she, sh- I think it should have been harder for her. Because if she couldn't even bring herself to hack into something to save somebody's life, then shooting someone to save someone's life, there should have been a little more to it. She shouldn't have been able to easily do it. Because, again, it, that's a normal thing. You know, if it, defense mm-hmm. of someone you love or defense of yourself, it's a normal human reaction because we are animals. Mm-hmm. So... Good. You feel she was defending herself or defending Sam? I thought she did it. That's for why Sam. I said defending. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Someone you okay. love. I'm saying Sam. She cares mm-hmm. about Sam for herself. But she didn't do it for herself. She, she did it for both. I'm saying either or. I'm saying either or. Whether no okay. matter how they, whether you're doing it, like theoretically, the hacking it was to save. It was it was to preserve what was going on, but also to keep her other half from crossing a line. And if the morals outweigh the logic on one, then they have to outweigh the logic on both because theoretically both were life and death. So I I have, I, I just think it was, there was not enough differential between normal Charlie and good Charlie and they spent too much emphasis on Dark Charlie being a separate entity, when in reality, these were all Charlies. Charlie, the the implication at the beginning with her with her record with her her record and all that when they're reading it, the idea was that basically the Charlie we've met, and this is the implication that we've got we've gotten in previous episodes as well. The sparkly Charlie that we get is a facade. It's it's a an armor. It's a protection. She's not that good. She's not that perfect. But so when you give me good Charlie as being just Charlie, then I don't understand. I don't I don't get where you're going with that. Because I think it would have been better if they would have said she's my id. You know, she has no She's the base, no consequences. Instead of saying she's the dark one, she's still part of me. Had they just used the phrase, she's my id. She doesn't have the impulse control. I would have 
maybe accepted that a bit better. But to make her a separate entity and and implicate that they're two separate entities, but have one entity be the normal entity we always see. I didn't I didn't feel like it was executed well in terms of good Charlie. Hmm. I mean, I didn't mind her referring to dark Charlie or whatever the other Charlie is as she or whatever because she's she there she is she's across from me I, I have to call her something and I didn't mind at the end because the way Dean phrased the question she just said well she's quiet instead of saying well we're quiet I'm quiet she's part of me maybe it was a good opportunity for her to say we're I'm I'm quiet I'm I agree dealing with that you know, and kind of uh, reminding that Dean thing. that we're, all of us are, are one. You know, all of these different aspects of me are me. And maybe that would have been a little more of a point to make with Dean. It's not two different Deans, you know. These are all Well, and it's, it's Sam that asks her about Dark Charlie. And she says she's quiet. And that's, oh. that's a conversation they have away from Dean, and I think he should have been there for that conversation, and I think it should have been written a little differently to to remind us that it's a merger instead mm-hmm. of it, it it being like Charlie saying, well, I tucked her away. Because mm-hmm. the dialogue at the beginning is, I keep saying she's she, but she's, she's me. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's contradicting itself within the same yeah. episode. And I actually thought the just to go back to the special effects for a second, the effect of of Dark Charlie coming back in, coming back into Charlie, I thought it was the visual effects department of Supernatural worked very hard and they did an amazing job on that and the coming the wizard coming through the mirror or the wherever he came from, Oz. But I I thought it was too too much. I thought maybe like you said, more of a blending or or not even a big time special effect I thought that would have been better a little less time and I would have given the time in the episode to the conversation that we heard got cut between Sam and Charlie in the car about what went on in Oz Mm -hmm. you know that's that's what I wanted to hear when I heard it was cut I was like damn you know I hope that's that's a deleted scene on the DVDs because, you know, we were, I, I know you're not a fan of Charlie, but I like them having said, so we said Sam needs a friend, <laughs> you know, they both need friends. They need outside people. That was a chance to show Charlie and Sam talking and a very logical question. Well, what went on in Oz? You know, we heard a war and, you know, we heard apparently uh, Charlie's the only one who could have won the war. She made a deal and went single-handedly, but I, which also bugs me. But yeah, I would have preferred to hear that conversation and the extra time on that visual effect of the Charlies coming back together again. And yeah. I mean, it was a really well done effect in what it was what was mm-hmm. done, and I'm sure it was in the and yeah. I would guarantee. I shouldn't say guarantee. I would put money that that's how it was written in the script, that dark Charlie goes into Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's a creative call the, the VFX team made. But I think a merging VFX, v, uh, visual effect, would have been 
not necessarily cooler because this was a really cool effect and you know it's almost mm-hmm. redundant how much we we praise the VFX team because it's they they fl- they they just are really 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 good um mm-hmm. some some of the best in the in the industry i watch you know between the three of us we watch a lot of tv and mm-hmm. they it's it's the best visual effects i see on television is is from supernatural um mm-hmm. but that said i i i would have preferred it I would have preferred it to be narratively different, not so much visually different because the visual was really cool. But Mm -hmm. like I said, uh, I I don't know. This was just not my favorite script. Mm. This wasn't. Um, What did you think of The Wizard of Oz? (laughs) Which is a question I've not thought I would ever ask, but... Um, the actual no, wizard? What do you think of the wizard? The, the actual, wizard the actual story to... by Frank L. Bonk? For, by no, L. Frank no, Bonk? No, no, I'm sorry. On in the, the show. The, act, the actual this, character. This character in this episode uh, that was that appeared as the Wizard of oh, Oz. Oh, I think I fell asleep during boredom every time I watched it. Sorry. Um, I, 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 I was like, I was a little bit let down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what? I was a little bit let down, but it kind of went along with the real story. You know, it kind of did. So, I mean, again, I, I look at my notes and it says, the Wizard of Oz looks like a refugee from the singing monks on Gallivant. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, he kind of reminded me of, um, because I've been re-watching Doctor Who uh, at an act, at a kind of obsessive level lately, because I've already gone through the whole series like three and a half times so far. Uh, but, um, and I mean just in the past few weeks. <laughs> Holy it cow! It reminded me. <laughs> well, not the whole series. I tend to go back and just rewatch series or because they don't call them seasons or series. Uh, series mm-hmm. four over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, but. All the way, yeah. So anyway, uh, they reminded me of the headless. He reminded me of the headless order of the monks that really don't have heads. Spoiler: If you watch Doctor Who, they don't actually have heads. Um, and then when the Doctor is actually, uh, he's pretending to be one to get by, and when he reveals himself, that's kind of how I felt. Where it's like, duh. It was, it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hmm. No. Um, and know. because, and, and, and there's, uh, I guess, again, a certain kind of bias I have in that the Wizard of Oz series of books is one that I hold very dear to my heart. Um, it's something that I grew up on as a child reading and, you know, all the, all the books, not just, you know, the, what we, you know, the Judy Garland version of movie version, you know, I read the books. And I read the first one. So in, <laughs> I read all of them uh, at least a couple times. Uh, I was very good friends with my librarian in elementary school, and he would hold them for me. His name was Mr. Rosen, and the fact that I remember that after t- 23 years is, wow, I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> but, um, yes, we had all the books in my school library, and I would check them out regularly, and I own most of them now 
uh, they're in storage. So mm-hmm. initially, when we were going to get the party last year, I was excited, uh, and then I was inevitably let down. And then again, I was let down in this episode as well. I just, meh, meh. I, I just keep yeah. that's but that's my actual refrain for this episode. And I kept telling like, when Becky and I were texting about it, she would say something. I go, eh, eh, meh, and then I. One of the things I heard, you know, you said you don't really look at our, you try to avoid talking to us about it. <laughs> I thought I was going to be angry at this episode. I really did. And then it turns out I was apathetic. And then I had um, a friend tell me something, and then she said, isn't apathy worse? And I realized she was right, because if I'm angry, I care. Being apathetic, yeah. it, it, it mm-hmm. actually did feel worse. Because if I'm angry, then I still want to, you know, I, I still care. But having apathy about it was, in fact, a sadder feeling. Yeah. I didn't have apathy about it, but the parts annoyed me. And I can't say angry, but I was really, really bugged, which, like you said, if you, if you, apathy would be worse if I didn't care one way or the other. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not at that I'm not at that point. Um, again, uh, there's again this this episode's uh, Sam and Dean, Jared and Jensen always always ultimately do it for me, you know. And I enjoyed having them in a lot of this episode, which we haven't gotten quite as much. Um, I liked the end. I thought um, Jensen did a really great job. I know we have like the issues with the nitpicking and saying, why didn't Charlie apologize or whatever, but I want to go back and I want to say Jensen did such an amazing job with his expressions and the look in his eyes and seeing, you know, the the guilt and the worry. And I like Sam standing by his side and saying, you know, we're going to figure this out and actually boosting Dean up a little bit into saying, let's get to work, which is enough of a reference to me to them saying, could be a call line of this the whole series you know we've got work to do so I like that for the moment you know it was a little bit hopeful a little bit something so I like that and I like Sam keeping an eye on him most of the time by his side right there they'll always do it for me I am actually freezing. I told you guys at the beginning that I would be cold because I'm back here in Mars bedroom where we keep it cold. And I am freezing. Sorry. I'm about to, my teeth are going to be chattering soon. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, you love this I'm pretty sure no one wants to, to hear me say meh anymore, so I won't. <laughs> 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 but well, you know, it's like a different different opinions are good. Um, Becky, you loved, you really liked this episode. Anything else about it you want to say that that you liked or wanted to remind us? I guess, I guess, um, I guess I'm in the middle. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to. Um, there is one thing I definitely wanted to mention. Um, we are doing this really cool thing every Tuesday now. Call it SPNT Tuesday. 
uh, we're giving away free T-shirt every Tuesday to uh, one of our Twitter, uh, random Twitter follower and a random Facebook, uh, one of our random Facebook um, people. You just have to, on Facebook, you have to comment to the thread that we post on Tuesday. And on Twitter, you just have to make sure you tweet with the hashtag SBNTTuesday. And uh, we have, uh, um, now we've started a new project with it, is Tracy Gurney, excellent, awesome um, designer. She is going to make a new t-shirt every week for that week's episode. And that is the t-shirt we'll be giving away. This week was our first one with her uh, her t-shirt. It's uh, like a fight card between Charlie Bradbury versus Dave, uh, Dean Winchester, and it's really cool looking. Um, we have the links on our Twitter and our Facebook page if you, um, you know, if you'd like to go buy it because we already gave you know the free one away on Tuesday. So there's links if you'd like to go look at it and check it out. Maybe purchase it. It's really cool. And Tracy's working on a new T-shirt that uh, we'll be um, giving away this Tuesday for the episode about a boy. And it will also be available to purchase. She sent me some um, pictures of what she's working on, and I think everybody will like it. I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, pretty, she does terrific pretty darn work. cool. And yeah, it's really T like Public. It. T, um, T Public is the one who's um, giving the shirts away. Tracy's designing them, and T Public is sending them out and giving them away. We have a link to uh, them on our website winchesterbros.com if you go down to the bottom i think it's on the right side you'll see the winchester a link to the winchester bros supernatural store at t public and there's like eight pages of really cool supernatural shirts um if sam and dean are your favorite if castle is your favorite if benny's your favorite you know no matter who you know if the apollo is your favorite there will be a shirt there that you'll like so it's pretty pretty cool So. Tracy is a terrific, terrific artist. I really like her work mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. There was and um, there was a picture of Misha wearing one of her shirts, her Sam shirt that was in TV Guide last year when um, Misha was directing his episode. So you've seen that picture of Misha wearing a Sam shirt in TV Guide. That was a shirt designed by Tracy Gurney. That was very cool. <laughs> We've seen Jensen wear a Sam shirt as well. <laughs> Uh, at the very first Chicago convention, I remember when he came out wearing a Sam shirt. That was so funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. Fun, <laughs> fun, fun fact that when I, I went to that, we actually, I think all three of us were at that con, but we didn't know each other. But right. when, um, because that's the con where they did like, it was a Jensen panel, a Jared panel, and then a Jensen and Jared panel. And I didn't have a question for Jared and I didn't get to Jensen in time. So I kept telling people, go ahead and go ahead of me, go ahead of me, go ahead of me. So I saw Jensen walk backstage. And then by the time he came back, I hadn't technically moved. And so when I saw him with the Sam shirt, I did a double take, and he put his finger to his mouth like, shh. And I was busted up (laughs) laughing. And my friend was next to me in line, and she didn't notice. And she was like, why are you laughing? And I was like, wait, like 30 seconds, just wait. (laughs) <laughs> and so, oddly enough, I had never spoken to Jensen Ackles at that point, and it's probably my favorite Jensen Ackles memory. So. <laughs> oh, my that, God. That, I have that's a... my moment of fame right there. <laughs> at, at that same convention, and I think we discussed this later because I apparently stole your question, yes, um, even though we didn't even know question. each other at the time. Um, I asked 
um, I got up to ask a judge for the question, and it was about Dean's jewelry. I was asking about, you know, at the time, Dean still wore the ring and the bracelet and everything. And while I'm up there asking Jensen a question, and this is when, you know, remember, this is the very first Supernatural Convention during their third season, my phone starts ringing in my pocket. My husband is calling me. I, my ringtone at the time was of Jensen. It was of Jensen saying, hey, pick up your phone. <laughs> and so I'm at the microphone asking Jensen a question, just praying to God that he cannot hear my phone ringing in my pocket. And the people in the front row could hear it because they started laughing. But thank God, I don't think Jensen did hear it. So that was a close one. <laughs> you must have been at the other other end of the front row because I was in the front row at the end where they asked questions. So you must have been on the other side because I did not remember that cell phone ring going off. <laughs> so you must have been on the other side. <laughs> must have been. <laughs> he is glad that you don't remember. <laughs> yes, so glad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, gosh. So I will never. I always will forever think it's funny that we were all there and didn't know each other. I know, crazy. And here, yeah. here we are, seven and a half years later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But you know, as, as we said in, in, as we say, as we said in, you know, most of our podcasts. You know, if we have criticism, it's just because we love the show and love it a lot. <laughs> yes, so, we do. We'd have to. Uh, I, I mean, my God. <laughs> been doing this for again, since third season. Third season. <laughs> and, you know, seven and a half years later, all three of us still go to con and, you know, it's, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to say that. I probably, judging from responses on Twitter, I'm one of the few people who's looking forward to next week's episode. Um, yeah, it's tropey. It's 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 lifted right out of you know. You can argue that it's lifted right out of the, the pages of fan fiction, but uh, fan fiction, not the episode, but you know, transformative works. Um, but it's a trope that's existed in, since science fiction television and movies have existed. Uh, so oh, I'm, I'm excited actually, for it. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it, it has the potential to be really fun, really cute, uh, with, but with, with, with the thing that Adam Glass does quite often that I really enjoy is he sneaks in introspection with the brothers. And, he and I it. love... I love Dylan Everett last year when he played Young Dean. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was so surprisingly yeah. good because everybody at first was like, he doesn't look like Dean, it's not going to work. And to be quite honest, everyone knows that I love Brock Kelly desperately. I do. Brock Kelly, you're my favorite. You are my real Dean Winchester. But I will say that Dylan, <laughs> no. actually plays, Dylan Everett actually plays the best non-Jensen Dean. So He was really, yeah, he was really, really, really good. I love him. I'm looking forward to this episode as well. Yes, as like you said, it's a it's a well known kind of trope right out of fanfic, but I, I don't care. <laughs> it's a trope and I like it because it's good and it's fun. <laughs> and 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 I'm looking forward to it. And like you say, Dylan was fantastic as young Dean. I and he worked really hard to to 
be young. Yeah. Being, you know, watch lots of episodes from what, from and what Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really cool. And I think it's really interesting how just in the preview that we got, I feel, you know, we'll save this for next week as well, but just in the preview we got, he's older than he was last episode, you know, because it was a year ago. So he he aged a year, obviously. But um, he's also (laughs) playing the age that they thought he was too old to play last year, because I think they are aging him down to 14, or are they staying with 16? Not sure. Either way. Okay. Either way. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought I had read that, but I wasn't 100% sure. Um, but he actually does look younger than he did last year. And I, he does. He does. It's, <laughs> I, I think he looks last year. Totally. And because we did argue there. last year that he could have played the 14 and it would have been completely believable by television standards. And they aged him up because they didn't think anybody would buy him being uh, 14. And I'm like, no, no. Totally buying it at 20 that you're 14. <laughs> so, uh, because yeah. Dylan Everett did just turn uh, 20 years old. Uh, be Winchester's wow. birthday. So, That's right. That's right. Uh, I, am, I am genuinely looking forward to that episode. I think it'll be... Mm. I think we'll get some good introspection, but it'll be a fun episode. I, on average, enjoy Adam's episodes quite a bit. Yeah, and then when, I, even when I get cranky, even when I get a little cranky about canon issues, I still overall will enjoy the episodes since he writes them. So. I'm excited. <laughs> and it starts February. The so-called February sweeps, big yes. deal, big episodes, big ratings. Unfortunately, at the end of sweeps, we will probably take a little hiatus again. I, I know we're back March 18th. Back to Wednesday, right, yeah. March 18th. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a break, I guess. And we might we might see if we can get together, the three of us, and do a podcast, maybe a side project kind of thing, or, you know, revisiting certain episodes, but we will let you guys know. And, yeah, and thank you, Jim, other... Jim, for listening. And thank you to yeah. our caller. Who is Vinny's yep. new best friend? Yes, we are now best <laughs> friends, and I don't even know this Becky person who's on the phone with me. <laughs> but um, okay. All right, we're good with the episode. We're good with any other news that we have to put out there. Any other things? And oh, real quick, good for oh, tonight. Thing I thought of, ah! uh, real quick. Uh, Megan Pedalecki has a book out, a uh, children's book called Big Mo. Um, you can follow her on Twitter, um, Pedalecki Studio. Uh, I think her Twitter is Big Mo Book. Uh, I bought the book uh, for my grandson, Anakin, and he loves it so much. He calls it Momo. My, he's two years mm-hmm. old. He calls the book Momo, and he makes me read it like five or six times whenever he comes over to visit. And so if you have a little one, um, check her out at Big Mo Book uh, on Twitter, and you can go to PadaleckiStudios.com, and you can order her new children's book called Big Mo. Yes, and I don't and have a little is... one in my life, but I'm probably going to order it just to have it on the back burner in case somebody in my life decides to have a child. Because... <laughs> yes. Well, well, the artwork, artwork, I don't have terrific. any littles. But the artwork looks fantastic, and if Becky's oh. grandson approves of a story, 
kid smart. <laughs> so, <Yep>. Anakin approved. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, her artwork is terrific, and if mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, go go to her website for the book, but stay for the rest of her uh, artwork, her paintings and drawings and sketches. And I had a wonderful time just surfing all around her site and, and looking at those things. So. Yeah, and um, I like her writing. She has a little bit of a blog going, talking about things. It's very, it's smart and funny and um, and sweet. And I say that in a, as a compliment. You know, there's there's just really not a lot of good things she has to say. And definitely go enjoy her artwork as well as checking out the book if you're interested. All right, I think that's all. I think that's it. So I have the boys play us out. Sounds good. Okay, thank you, everyone. Good night. Good night. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.